Today we are here to celebrate Christmas. And um, I was sitting last night thinking about this service and I just penned some of my thoughts. And so I just want to share those with you this morning. Today we sit in this place to celebrate, to celebrate the love of God come down, the love of God incarnate, the gift of love. The giving of gifts is not something man invented. God started the giving spree when he gave a gift beyond words, the unspeakable gift of his son. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. And while every other gift he gives is perfect and good, nothing in all the world will ever compare to the gift of love that he gave in his son. In a manger, wrapped in skin, ten tiny fingers that would one day mix mud to heal the eyes of a blind man. Tiny arms that would one day wrap around the broken and help the lame to their feet to walk for the very first time. Ten tiny toes on tiny little feet that would one day walk the dusty roads of his time and stand on hillsides with thousands to share the good news. Two little knees, not yet callous, that would one day kneel in the garden and pray for the cup to pass. A tiny cry from a stable so long ago that would one day become a voice in the wilderness, a voice speaking grace and truth to the multitudes. God with a heartbeat, Jesus, the gift of love from our eternal God just so he could once again be in relationship with us. The gift of Emmanuel, God with us, he didn't have to do it. He didn't have to give it all, and yet he did. Do you hear it in this story? The love? You are loved that much, so much, in fact, that Jesus left heaven to be like us, to die for us, to die for you. The greatest gift of love was Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. I'm going to be reading from Luke 2, verses 1 through 14. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at, the, uh, at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I will bring you good news that will bring great joy for all the people. Today in the world of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. So what do you think of when you think of Christmas? What comes to mind when you think of Christmas? Maybe it's the, the Christmas trees and the lights and the high electric bills. 
Is that what you think of when you think of Christmas? Uh, maybe you think of service like this, where you gather and worship God. What do you think of when you think of Christmas? Great food around the tables with family and friends. Maybe as you think about Christmas, you think about the parties and the get-togethers, all of those things. Maybe you, you think of Christmas, you think of watching Christmas movies. And so what are, your, what are, the, what are the, the best Christmas movies? You think of Elf, I heard Elf. It's a Wonderful Life, okay, the choir's getting a little, we'll make sure we hear that one, okay, okay, anybody else? White Christmas, yes, the Christmas story, you're going to shoot your eye out, yeah, that's a good one, I love it, yep, yep, a lot of great Christmas movies, so is that, is that what you think of when you think about Christmas? One of the things that's obviously become key to Christmas are the gifts, the giving, the receiving of gifts. And that's because Jesus Christ came because God gave him as a gift for us. The ultimate gift given for us. A gift that changes everything. Listen to this passage from John 3.16 that talks about this gift that was given. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gifted his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Over the past few weeks, if you've been around here at First Church, you will have listened to us as we talked about and explored how God, the the Father of lights, God, the, the good gift giver, has given every good and perfect gift. How he's given this gift of Jesus that impacts us. Listen to this passage that was written by the brother of Jesus, James, foundational verse that we've been using. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good and perfect gift. God the Father giving good and perfect gifts. Jesus, the result of of this good and perfect gift-giving Father given for us. Making gifts. And we've talked about these different gifts. And if you've missed a week, you can go to myfirstchurch.com. You can get caught up if you've missed something. But we talked about the gift of peace. The peace of God. We all walk through those dark nights, dark nights of the soul. And to have in those moments peace, the peace of God in those moments. Or peace with God, knowing that, that no matter what happens in this world, that, that there's an eternity in store with me because I have made my peace with God. We talked last week about hope. The hope, again, that we can have as we go through those difficult seasons of this life. We can have hope in this life, but we can also have hope in the life to come. Hope that Christ is coming again and we can spend an eternity. We have that hope rooted in heaven. And this morning on Christmas Eve, we celebrate. We come together to remember the greatest gift given by God the Father, Jesus Christ, that illustrates for us his love, a reminder of his love for us. A gift wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, that reminds us of the greatest gift given, the gift of love given in Jesus. So as we think about it, let's think about the ultimate gift of Christ and the love that the Father lavished on us in Christ. Let's think about gift giving. Let's, let's just think about, think for a moment, what kind of gift giver are you? Ask yourself that question that question. What kind of gift giver are you? Or what type of gift do you give or do you prefer giving you gifts also? And so there's some different kinds. You you might say that someone, there's that category of gift giver that's the thoughtful gift giver. That person that spends a lot of time thinking about 
the needs, the wants, the preferences, maybe the personality, all of that of the person that they're giving the gift for. And they, they, the gift that they give has, reflects this deep understanding of what that person needs, what they're going to enjoy. That person might even give themselves brownie points if that thoughtful gift has some sentimental value. So there's that thoughtful gift giver. Our youngest son, Jacob, would be in this category of thoughtful gift giver. If I'm wondering what to get his mother, I, uh, myself, I call Jacob. And I say, Jacob, what should I get your mom? Um, so he's that thoughtful gift giver. Another type of gift giver would be the spontaneous gift giver. That person that uh, is the impulsive gift buyer. That person that tends to buy something inspired in the moment because it's, they're somewhat last minute shoppers. Uh, and they love a good deal. And so uh, sometimes, and maybe you've had this experience where you're given a gift from the spontaneous gift giver, and you open it up, and you're trying to figure out why they gave you this gift. They had some interesting reason, you know, behind it, but you're trying to figure it out. The spontaneous gift giver would give themselves brownie points if they get a really good deal on said gift. Another maybe category of gift giver would be the experience-oriented gift giver. The person that uh, gives gifts, not so much um, giving things, but they want to give gifts that, that give you memories. And so they might give something like a concert ticket or a spa voucher. And, and they would give themselves brownie points if they are able to give you something that you then can mark off your bucket list of something that you wanted to do. And finally, I think we might categorize that practical gift giver, that person that, that gives gifts that are useful, that are functional. They love to get something that you can use in daily life. And so it might be a kitchen gadget. It might be something with a cord. And they would give themselves brownie points if you say, after receiving their gift, you know what? Uh, I was thinking I needed one of these. So what kind of gift giver are you? Or that you tend to be? Have you ever gotten a gift that you got a sense that the person, no matter what kind of gift giver they are, the experience-oriented, spontaneous, thoughtful, practical person, but as they give that gift, they're trying to say something with the gift, say something about what they think you need as they give the gift. Maybe a gym membership. You ever got a gift and you thought, well, what are they saying as they give me this gift? Maybe some, you receive some anti-aging cream uh, you know, facial products, and you, hey, what are you saying about me as you give me this gift? Or maybe a book on dieting or time management. Sometimes we receive gifts because the person sees something that we need that we don't even see ourselves. And so again, go back to God the Father. God the Father, who Scripture says and reminds us, gives good and perfect gifts. And so the good and perfect gift giver looked at us, looked at humanity, and thought, what do they need? And he gave us, the good and perfect gift giver, gave us what we need. And what we needed was a Savior. Even though some of, some of us, and maybe you're here today, and you don't even realize that you needed the gift. And so what does it say about, about our greatest need, what God gave? What he gave us in Christ. Again, God, the ultimate practical gift giver, giving us this greatest gift that meets our greatest need. And so what did he give? He gave a Savior. And so what does that, that mean? It's what, it's what we, again, what we needed. Notice he didn't give us a politician. He didn't give us a motivational speaker. He didn't give us a military commander. That's not what we needed. We needed a Savior. God gave Jesus a Savior to us. 
He knew better than we know ourselves what we needed. The gift says something about who receives it. And again, remember the motivation. For God so loved the world. God, what's the motivation? He loved the world, and so he gave Christ. So let's, for the balance of our time, let's just spend a few minutes, and let's think about this gift that was given to us in Jesus and what it means for us, this gift of love wrapped up in Jesus. For God, again, to go back to that, that John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The New Living Translations translates that first little phrase, for this is how God loved the world. So how did God love the world? He loved the world by giving us a Savior, by giving us His Son. And notice that, that, that and we can see this in the way that He gave the Son. We can see it in the context. We see what Scripture says about the gift, that He didn't just give the gift for the elites of the world. He didn't give the gift for just one group. It wasn't just for the, for the Jewish people that he gave uh, the Savior or people that uh, uh, were in, in power, not just the affluent people, not just the people that had their lives all together. That's not just who he gave the gift for. He gave the gift for everyone. Didn't just give the gift for a certain skin tone or a certain nation, not just for people in our country that we live in. In fact, if you look at it, the the most profound evangelistic growth happening around our world where massive amounts of people are coming to Christ that are realizing that this gift was given for them and they're responding to it in massive, awesome waves. Places like Latin America and Africa and Asia. The Pew Research Council has identified the number two fastest growing countries uh, where Christianity, where, where Christianity is growing and spreading is China. Again, just reminds us, simply reminds us of, of nothing else, just reminds us that this gift is for everyone. So if you are here today and you're listening to what we're talking about, you matter to God. You are loved by God. God loved you so much that he sent Christ for you. That love motivates him. That's what that, that text says, that passage says. That he gave. And so we get that. We, and that's kind of the, way, the reason that we give gifts. We give gifts to illustrate that we care. Just like, and he gave. He loved and so he gave. And so our gifts illustrate that. That we love someone. That we care for someone. Now, I have a child that is here. And he's going to remain nameless. But he's not the best gift giver in the world. Just saying. And I did ask him if I could share this, didn't I, Caleb? I, although the context, I didn't share all, all that I was going to share. But, 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 and so he's not necessarily the, the greatest gift giver in the world. And his uh, girlfriend is going to come, and we're going to hang out together at Christmas time. And, so, uh, and we really like her. And so I was a little concerned. We were talking the other day on the phone, and I said to Caleb, Caleb, did you get her a gift? I, and, and he said, you know, kind of, a, of course, Dad, I got her a gift. And and I'm just, Caleb, I, I'm, I'm a good, I want to be a good father. And so I had to ask you the question because, because you know, it's a, it's a pro move after you've been married for a long time where you can say, you know, we don't need to get each other anything. That's, that's an advanced level of gift giving. <laughs> and son, you are not there yet. You cannot pull that off yet. You are not married yet. So you've got to give her a gift. And I have to ask the question because I care. Okay. And so We give gifts because we're saying something in the giving of the gift. If your spouse is 
has a real, and someone has, that you know, and they have this really profound need, and you're unwilling to give. If you're unwilling to help, what does that say? God so loved the world that he gave. He's given to us. And think about all that he's, just for a moment, just think about all the things that he's given to us. Think about all the good things that he's done for us. Think about how generous he's been to us. God, the Father, the, the good and perfect gift giver that he's breathed life into us. He's created this world, this beautiful world for us. He's, cre- he's given us things, and we've talked about over the last few weeks, that he's given us peace, and he's given us joy, and he's given us hope. He's given us, as we talk about today, love. He's loved us by giving us a Savior. His mercies, as the prophet Jeremiah talks about, he wrote, his mercies are new every morning. For God so loved the world that he gave. And he gave his son. And that blows our mind. That he would give his son, he would give his child. It's hard to comprehend, but, but he had to do it. And we ask ourselves the question of, of why, why? Because the Son is the only answer for our sin. Because Jesus came as a cure for this disease that's destroying lives. That destroys us. Jesus, the eternal, almighty Son of God, timeless, could be a once and for all sacrifice for our sin to pay the penalty that we owe once and for all, sin past, sin present, sin future. It could only come in the Son of God. A sacrifice needed. To make a way for our salvation. So, and then what does he say? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And don't you love a gift that keeps on giving? Not a gift that's given and then it has a very short shelf life. That's not the gift of Jesus. It extends into eternity. We can have eternal life as a result of this gift. It is the plan of God. Not a plan to, to make a way for our eternity. It is the plan. It's the only way. Now, our world will tell us that there's many ways that we can find eternal life. There's many ways that we can get reconnected with God. They would say that, you know what, if you just, if you just do good things, if you just make sure that your good things outweigh your bad things, your sin, your good, good stuff outweighs your sin, even though they, the, our world would not want to call it sin, abnormal social development, whatever in the world the, our world would say it is. Some in our world would even say, well, there is no God. There is no eternity. Everything we can experience and we can know is right here, right now. But friends, there is an eternity. And there is a way that we can experience that eternity with God the Father. And so God, he loved the world so much that he gave his son that whoever believes could have eternal life. And so there's one plan, one perfect plan, and it it comes to us in the form. It's a great and perfect gift that lasts into eternity, the once and for all sacrifice for all time, the gift of Jesus. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It is the only way. He is the only way. Acts repeats that very simple message when the book of Acts says, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Or Paul to his young protege, Protege uh, Timothy, when he said to him, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. And so the Father gave the Son because there was no other way. Not born into the halls of power, not in a city of worldwide influence, but born 
in a common space among common people, communicating the truth and the reality that he is a gift for everyone. Everyone has access to this gift. So Jesus, born, grew up, lived among us, lived a life of love, modeled for us what it is to love his world, and then willingly gave his life for us, modeling how we now in turn should live our lives, as giving ourselves and working to restore God's ideal in this world as our vision here at First Church. So that, why did Jesus do it? Why was he sent? So that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So how, what's that mean, to believe? So everyone who believes, what does that mean? It's the key, he says it's the key, for, so everyone who believes. And to believe, uh, it's, it's to believe who Scripture says he is. It's to believe who Jesus says he is, that he is the Messiah, that he is the Savior, that he is the Son of God, that he is the perfect, sinless sacrifice for our sin, to satisfy the debt that we owed. And so he is, not only the sacrifice, he is the one who rose from the dead. And again, we believe that he is the way, that he is the truth, that he is the life. The angel said to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, 21, She, Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And so we see from the word of the angel to Joseph, Mary's going to give birth to Jesus, and he's going to be the one that's going to purchase the the. The, the way for you to find salvation, this gift, give this gift, he's going to pay the penalty for our sin, to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sin. That's what the angel said. And then Matthew goes on to record in those next couple of verses, all this took place, Matthew 1, 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And as the worship team comes back out, I just want to remind you that this story is not old and outdated. The story, that word is true today, that God is still with us. Jesus is no longer in a manger. He's no longer on a cross. He's no longer in a tomb. Jesus is victorious over sin. And death, and he now sits at the right hand of the Father, victoriously reigning forever, waiting for us to join him, reigning over death and the grave. And he is our way to eternal life. So Father Christmas, the perfect gift giver, gives us Jesus, gives us peace, gives us joy, gives us hope, gives us love. And so as we conclude and we move into this final kind of piece of worship, have you invited Christ to be your Savior? Have you accepted the gift that God gave you in Jesus? Have you believed? I'm going to pray for you, and I would just invite you, if you've never invited Christ to be your Savior, to pray with me. Or maybe you've, you're here and you've kind of come home today. And you want to say to God, God, I just want to come home. I recognize that I've kind of wandered a bit, and I just want to come home and accept and unwrap that gift that you've given me in Christ. So, Father, today, in this place, we've celebrated the birth of your Son, Jesus. We've remi been reminded that you are the good and perfect gift giver. And you gave us something that, for all of us, right, we, at points in our lives, we didn't even realize we needed. 
the gift that you gave a Savior. The Father, we recognize it today. That person, maybe that prays for the first time, God, they just are saying that to forgive them, please, for the sin they've committed. They repent of those things. Recognizing that your son gave his life so that they could have life. Gave his life to pay the penalty for those sins. And so, God, I thank you that today they are putting their belief, their faith, their trust in your son as their savior. They're, they're accepting the gift of Christ. And God, I thank you for those that are coming home today. They're saying, God, I, I know I've kind of wandered, but I've come home today. Thank you for the gift of a Savior. Thank you. God, we love you. Thank you for just a reminder of what this time of year means. And may these next few moments be a meaningful expression of our worship as we celebrate the fact that Jesus Christ has come, given to us from the Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we sing Silent Night, we want to worship through another song, and then, and then we'll move into a time where we celebrate with the candles and Silent Night.